0: On July 17, 1981, the Kansas City Hyatt Hotel Skywalk fell onto the unsuspecting attendance at one of the hotel's popular tea dances. It was the deadliest structural collapse in US history until the fall of the South Tower on September 11th. Many have fought to establish a monument to the wounded and the dead. This year, 34 years later, they finally broke ground on the Hyatt Skywalk Memorial to honor those who were lost. This is the story of a survivor who will never escape the memory of that tragedy and who is fighting to make sure the world will always remember. This is Saul.
1: My name is Saul Koenigsberg, and I was at the... uh... Hyde Hotel tea dance on July 17th, 1981, along with my wife. And uh, she was still grieving from the loss of her father. Her father fought in the French army and was captured by the Germans and was in a German prisoner of war camp for five years, and she loved him dearly. And I said, let's try to ease some of your grieving and entertain ourselves with a tea dance. We turned up at the uh, tea dance and around... 6 o'clock or so, it was announced that there was going to be a contest. We didn't want to engage ourselves in a conf- contest. So we stood on the sidelines, and the sidelines were under the Skywalker. The band started playing Satin Doll, a Duke Ellington piece. It's called Satin Doll. t dance um, was mainly for people in middle age. They actually held on to each other when they danced. Not like today. People dance all by themselves with all kinds of gyrations. You can be enjoying themselves uh, But we in our middle age love to dance with swing, with uh, rumba, all the ballroom dances. And the uh, this is a, um, a big band that played Steve. Uh, Miller's Band. And uh, people would come out to you know, to enjoy themselves. This was something that was started some weeks before we went. And uh, and the dancers, the contestants, started to dance. About three minutes later, everything went dark. I didn't hear a thing. The next thing I knew, I couldn't move. I was buried under the debris, my wife was too. But some of the debris fell around her and she saw a person crawling out and she just followed that person. So she was not physically hurt. My black shoes were showing under the debris and hotel staff and other volunteers pulled me out. And I learned that my back had been broken in three places, with compressed fractures. My left leg was crushed. And it had some internal injuries. My wife stayed with me. We were taken uh, by uh, stretchers, and s- somebody put me on a serving platter and uh, put me on the sidewalk with her. And uh, that famous picture was taken of us holding hands. And you know they had a triage development where people were evaluated whether so whether This was their life was in danger, and they were moved up first and. We were on the sidewalk for a couple of hours, and uh, Mayor Berkeley came running to the scene, and the first people he saw were my wife and me on the sidewalk. And somebody came up and said, are are these families? There's no are friends. And he almost went into shock. This was a very, very difficult time for him as mayor. My wife, however, went into shock and I nearly lost her. From then on, she suffered from post-traumatic stress syndrome on top of the post-traumatic stress system she already suffered. My wife was a young girl in France during the war and the Nazi occupation, and she had to hide and underwent the horrors of being chased by the SS and the Nazis who were trying to find her and kill her just because she was Jewish. She managed to survive, however, but that experience stayed with her and she had nightmares about it just about every night, along with the nightmares she had with the height collapse of the skywalk. She had those nightmares until she died last year. And then when I was in the hospital, a number of doctors surrounded my bed and said, Well, you survived, you must have something to do. And my response was, And those people who were killed didn't. And then about two days after I was in the hospital, I had a flashback. I was in a navy in world war ii and served on a destroyer escort we were under attack again but that only lasted for about 10 minutes i never had a flashback again so i associated the disaster we were in with my combat experience but that's all behind us it took me about a year to fully recover and uh, that was because i had a very excellent surgeon a uh, Fixed my leg up, and told me I would never walk without a limp. What did he know? I went, got up every morning at 5.30, and went swimming. And from swimming, I went to physical therapy every morning. From there, I went to my office. And I went and went and suffered the agony of these exercises that my physical therapist put me through. But I don't limp. And then I learned that a couple of men were working on an actual memorial. And they put a item in the newspaper, in the Kansas City Star, and said, we are starting up this committee. And uh, we'd like to know if there's anybody interested in joining us. Well, I have 42 years of experience in fundraising. And since I was a survivor, I volunteered. We didn't have many other people volunteering. Uh, and we began to lay out a plan. They had already gone under, gotten underway and started the uh, fundraising. And um, they found that the fundraising was being met with a lot of resistance. There was no personal identification with it. And a lot of people wanted to put it behind them. Too painful. There are people now in their 20s and 30s who never heard of this. And we are determined with the building of this memorial that they know that this historical event happened in Kansas City. And that people responded. Volunteers came out in droves. People lined up at the blood center to give blood. Um, the media was all over the place. 30 years later, that's not the case. My wife knew that I was working on it and uh, frequently said, look, you're, you've been retired now for a number of years. You've been raising money for many, many years. And I hear you being rejected so many times. What do you need this for? You've had enough already. But I said, you know, when we start a job, we're gonna finish whatever time it takes. My wife developed a, uh, just a couple of years ago, we found that she had lung cancer and was discovered. It was already in stage four. And I lost her in January of 2014 after 62 years of marriage. We went to the attorneys, who represented uh, the survivors, or some kill, and some of the people killed, and other private uh, individuals, and were able to raise the most money needed to really start the construction. The remains, however, in uh, another amount, And I would estimate it's something like between $50,000 and $100,000, and these would be raised in order to ensure the maintenance. But we have the money to build a memorial, so we're building it, and now we're beginning to work on collecting the remaining amount that's due. To put what I said in other terms, I'd want people of all ages, people from this metropolitan area, people from schools, universities, to come sit at the memorial and think about that horrible night when the skywalk came down and crushed people to death, and at the same time, remember the community did come together and it should never, never be forgotten, generation after generation.
0: Thank you so much to Saul for sharing his story with us. You can learn more about the Hyatt Skywalk collapse at www.skywalkmemorial.org and at skywalk.kansascity.com. You can always listen to this story again at Podcast.squarespace.com. Also, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. We have some big announcements coming soon, and we're really excited to share, so stay tuned. Thanks to Jamie Searle, who writes all of our original music, and Matthew Sullivan, who creates our graphics. I'm Matt Hodap. Thanks for listening.